Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, June the 29th, and wherever you are, uh, whenever you, uh, you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace and God's goodness and God's life. Today we celebrate a high feast day. We call that a solemnity within the Catholic Church, uh, which sounds solemn, but it isn't. I mean, this is a celebration, and it is the lives, the lives of St. Peter and St. Paul. Uh, they celebrate the same feast day every June 29th, uh, and that is the, uh, you know, feast day, of course, of one of the parishes uh, at which I work, uh, St. Peter and Paul here in Kiel. And so today what we're going to do after reading the gospel is... Uh, simply look at the lives of Saints Peter and Paul and what they did and why they were just so foundational for for our church and, and who we are today and what they can teach us, okay? So let's break open God's Word. It is, uh, um, we're going to go off script because it's a solemnity. So we're going to stay out of uh, Matthew 8. We're going to jump ahead to Matthew 16, very famous story. Often when we have a feast day for St. Peter uh, or anything referring to him, this is the story that we get. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19. Let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I should probably start this reflection with a, with a joke. You know, somebody dying and go to heaven, and, and there's St. Peter at the, at the pearly gates. The reason, of course, brothers and sisters, um, that you and I, uh, tell those jokes, and Peter's always the one at the gates, is because of this gospel, right? Whenever we see pictures of Peter or statues of Peter, very often, I won't say always, but very often, he's got uh, keys in one hand. Uh, and very often, when we see a picture of St. Paul or a statue of St. Paul, he's got a sword in his hand. Why is that? Well, Peter, because of this gospel, because um, he was given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You know, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose. You know, so when we go to the pearly gates, he was the one who had the keys. You know, you, you got to get through Peter to get in. And even though that's not really what it's talking about at all. And that's a gospel or an, a reflection for another time. Let's talk about, uh, about Peter, though. And let's talk about Paul. Let's start with Peter. 
Um, so again, brothers and sisters, so much to know about the life of Peter. Uh, first of all, of course, we know he was a fisherman, right? Jesus, uh, in, in the Gospels, he's walking along the seashore and he encounters brothers. Peter's brother is who? It is Andrew. And uh, they were fishing and um, they dropped their nets and followed him. And then he went further down the beach, right? And he calls James and John, who were in the boat with their father, Zebedee. And they, too, uh, not only left their nets, but they left their, their family. Uh, Peter was married. We know that. How do we know that? Because um, at uh, one point, uh, they go to the house of uh, Peter, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And uh, Jesus heals her. And she, Peter's mother-in-law, gets up and begins to wait on them. And so uh, Peter is married, or at least was at some level, whether his wife was still living or not. We really have never introduced to her. There's no reason to believe she was not alive. But, you know, that, that at least at one point in his life, we know Peter was married. Um, he uh, is the one. Peter is very... Oh, impetuous. I mean, is that a good word for him? Passionate. That's probably even a better word for him. Um, and and well-intentioned. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, we need to give Peter a whole lot of credit. Um, and, and yeah, he fell plenty. Peter is a good model, honestly, for, for us because he was filled with wheat and weeds. And, and I love the gospel for this because it doesn't just show one side of Peter. It shows both, doesn't it? And, and one of the things I love about Peter, so this was when, okay, so he's following Jesus early on in the ministry. Jesus has Peter go out in the boats. Uh, Peter has, you know, they, they're, they go out together. I don't know who said to who, you know, but basically Jesus said, go out into the deep and, and let's, uh, let's fish out there. And they throw their nets over to the side. They, they get so many fish that the, the nets are full to overflowing. They're going to break. Peter at that point realizes he's in the presence of a holy man. We don't know if he knows fully who Jesus is at that point, but he knows who, who, that he's in the presence of a holy man, and he knows he is less than holy. So we hear in that story, Peter falls on his knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. What a wonderful realization. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. And Jesus doesn't even say, ah, you know, Peter, don't worry about it. You know, I, I, you're a good guy. And he didn't say any of that. I mean, it's almost like Jesus is like, well, of course you're a sinful man. That's, you're a human. It's, just, it's like being redundant, if I keep saying that, for all of us, you know, and not just Peter. And, and Jesus doesn't even comment on his point. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. He says, listen, follow me, and I'm going to make you a fisher of men, Right? of humanity, of people. We're going to fill those nets not with just fish. We're going to fill them with people because we're going to, we're going to bring them into the church. And when I mean the church, I don't just mean a building. I mean the followers of Jesus Christ. Follow me. You know, and, and Peter, of course, is, is the one who, uh, in our gospel today, uh, is, names who he is. So again, when he says, depart from me, uh, for I'm a sinful man, he knows he's in the presence of a holy man. I don't think he knows at that point he's in the presence of the Messiah. But he comes to know that. And this is Matthew chapter 16. So we're almost, I mean, just over the middle of, of 
uh, Matthew's gospel, and it would have been in Mark's gospel, but it was the, the hinge. It's right in the middle there, too. Um, where Jesus, of course, asks, who do people say that I am? Well, you know, they say you're Elijah or one of the prophets, you know, come back to the John the Baptist, blah, blah, just having a good time. Well, Jesus turns the, the, the tables and, and says, okay, well, who do you say that I am? And you can just see their mouths drop like, oh, man, didn't know we were going to be tested today. And Peter's the one who says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He recognizes Jesus is not only a holy man, but he recognizes who he is and what his mission is and what his ministry is. And, and up to that point, his name is Simon, of course, at least here in this gospel. And he renames him uh, Peter, uh, which means rock, by the way, Petros, uh, that you are rock and on this rock I will build my church, right? Peter is, is clearly the leader of the, the disciples, the apostles. There's no doubting that. Go to any, any list within the, uh, the Gospels of the New Testament, um, and, and Peter's name is first. He is, he is um, the, the leader. By the way, um, in John's Gospel, you know how in, in Matthew's Gospel, Peter is the spokesperson who says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. John's Gospel is John chapter 6. It happens in a different way. It's after the bread of life discourse where Jesus is saying, uh, you know, uh, my, my, my body is real food. My, my blood is real drink. And people are like, this is too much. Got to leave. And he looks at the disciples and he says, are you too going to leave? Which again, Jesus, the, the guts of Jesus to say, hey. I'm not backing down on my words. You're the inner circle. Are you going to leave too? And it's Peter, of course, who speaks up there. So it's his declaration in John's gospel where he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, right? Um, Peter is clearly the leader, um, but he's not, he's not great. He's the one who walks on water, right? Who sees Jesus and, and says, Lord, if it is you, invite me to come out. And he says, come. And he, and, he, and he does. He walks on water until he looks at the waves and the wind and he's overcome with fear and he begins to drown. And he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus does. Peter's the one who looks for the loophole and says, Lord, how many times, how many times do we need to forgive? Seven times? When can I stop forgiving? Ultimately is what he's looking for. You know, and, and again, we've talked about this. This is a magnanimous act of Peter's seven times. That's pretty darn good. But he's, but he's looking for a loophole, and Jesus says, no, Peter, you don't get it. You don't get it. There's never a time we stop forgiving. Or when Peter, you know, <clears throat> looks at Jesus, you know, and he's saying, hey, it's hard for the, the rich to enter into the kingdom of God. And, 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 and Peter says, well, you know, we've given up everything for you and followed you. What, what, what's in it for us? <laughs> Peter's not above any of that stuff, right? Um, but yet none of that, because he's so passionate and he believes with everything. He's a spokesperson for all of us because we think all of those things too, and we fall in just the same ways Peter does. And 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 maybe you're just as passionate and, and just and love Jesus as much as he did. Um, uh, of course, Peter's in the inner circle, right? Uh, you know, for things like the transfiguration, he brings Peter, James, and John. For the gospel this last weekend, when he raises the 12-year-old girl, Talitha Kum, arise, little girl. Uh, Peter, Paul, uh, Peter uh, and John and James are the, are the ones that are there. Uh, and for in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, that, that's the three of them. Um, he was the one who, when Jesus wanted to wash his feet, he says, nope, nope, you're not going to do that. 
Uh, and he says, unless your, your feet are washed, uh, you'll have no part in the kingdom. And he says, well, then all of me, all of me. And again, in his impetuous way. And, and when Jesus says at that very table, uh, one of you will deny me, he says, I'll never deny you. You know, he swears that he will not deny. Well, later on that night, he swears to a, a Jewish servant girl or, or whatever, whoever she was, I do not know the man and denies him three times. He's the first one to run to the tomb. He and the disciple whom Jesus loved doesn't, doesn't arrive there first, but, but he runs to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning. Uh, he's the one on the beach where Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Three times, Peter, do you love me? And not only that, feed my lambs, you know, um, uh, feed my sheep. Uh, all those things that he's saying, listen, Satan is asked to sift you, Peter, like wheat. But you, you, Peter, must be the one to, to bring all your disciples, all your brothers and sisters together uh, after my death. And what does he do? He does just that. He does just that. Peter is clearly in Acts of the Apostles, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, which was the mother church, by the way. He clearly was. He was the one walking with John down the streets, and, and people would line up just to have his shadow fall on them. You know, he was the one who people would go up and say, you know, hey, heal me. And he says, hey, what I have, or asking for money, hey, what I have, I have neither silver or gold. I, I got neither of those. But what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus the Nazarene, walk. And he does. Peter's the one who is imprisoned in, in Acts chapter 12, right, for preaching the word of God. And just like Jesus came forth from the tomb, Peter's in this cave and an earthquake happens and the, uh, and the gates are opened and he walks out. And he's, you know, um, and ultimately, uh, Peter is the one who um, ends up in Rome, in, in, in the church of Rome. And we know that because we have archaeological evidence that's where his tomb is. Uh, we found that, we know that, that the, the Vatican, uh, St. Peter, uh, is, is built upon his tomb. And, um, and ultimately, we know that the Church of Rome became the seat of the mother church of, of the, the, this blossoming young nation, you know, uh, faith, uh, because it was, uh, it was, because that's where Peter was. And, and for people who think, ah, oh, no, it's just it was the, the Church of Rome because it became that, that mother church because it was the Roman Empire and that was the seat of the empire. Well, that was the debate 300 years later, right? When, when Constantinople became the, uh, the, when they took the, the seat of the empire from the, Holy, from the Roman Empire from Rome to Constantinople, then the Bishop of Constantinople said, okay, now are we the, the seat of the, the, the mother church over here now because that's where the seat of the empire is? And they said, no, where Peter is, there is the church. That's, that is, you know, that's the mother church because Peter was the leader. And so therefore, not only Peter, upon Peter's death, it was Linus and then Cletus and then Clement, all the way down to now 266 popes, Francis is the head of the Church of Rome. That's his first title. He's the Bishop of Rome. Uh, and his second title is what we call Pope. Um, Peter. Wonderful. Okay, gosh, I talked way too long on Peter. Poor Paul's not going to get nearly as much, but he, but he deserves it. He deserves every bit as much. Um, who is Paul? First of all, Paul and Jesus never knew each other. They weren't in Jerusalem. Well, if they were, their paths never crossed. They, they, they did not know each other in life. 
Um, let's just say it that way. Paul was a Pharisee, and he was a Pharisee's Pharisee. He was so good, uh, and uh, and he he was so stringent. He was, and he himself says this. Paul says, "Listen, if any Pharisee kept the law, I kept it better." That that was his persona. It's what he took uh, his uh, pride in. I mean, he was a Pharisee's Pharisee. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. That was his teacher who was the, the man of his day. Paul was born in Tarsus, a city in Turkey, would have been southeastern Turkey, and so uh, not far from um, uh, along the Mediterranean, uh, the, the eastern side of the Med, uh, where Israel, of course, is located. Um, and what did Paul do? He persecuted the early church. That's what we know. He first shows up in Acts, I want to say chapter 6, but don't quote me on that, when Stephen is being stoned. And he's called Saul at this time. Uh, Paul is merely his Roman name. Saul is his Jewish name. He doesn't get a name change like Peter did. Um, but uh, when Stephen is being stoned to death, uh, they, it says they place their cloaks at the feet of a man, a young man named Saul. Uh, and so he was the head of the, the persecuting part of the church. And, of course, it was there, from there, that he... Um, was going into the church in Jerusalem and uh, and taking people out and, and imprisoning them. And, and I don't know if he's torturing them or killing them. I, I don't know any of those things, but I know that that it led to uh, to imprisonments and beatings. Um, and uh, and it scatters the church, right, because of the persecution of, of the church of Jerusalem. And it scatters everywhere, and he gets permission to go up to Damascus because he's going to persecute the church up there, which is north, and um, in Syria— and so he uh, gets permission. He's on his way to Damascus when he has his conversion experience. And he spends three days. Where, in this conversion experience, literally, Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Uh, and, and he says, who are you? He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And so clearly we know Jesus is equating the church with his body and, because that's who Saul was persecuting. And he goes and he spends three days in Damascus um, on Straight Street, in a place on Straight Street. And his eyes are blinded and he's just in prayer and he's fasting. He doesn't know what just happened to him. And uh, another disciple, a man by the name of uh, Ananias, comes to him and lays hands on him. And uh, the, the, something like scales fall from his eyes and he's able to see and he's baptized and in some accounts by Paul's, later on, he goes into Arabia for three years, three years of fasting and trying to understand what just happened to him. What do the, what do the Hebrew scriptures mean? Because remember, he knew them. What do the Hebrew scriptures mean now that I, in, in the light of Jesus Christ? And he comes out, and what he does is he goes then uh, to the Gentiles, and he takes three missions. Now, he incorporates himself into the church. Uh, they know who he is. They, he doesn't just do this on his own. All his mission and ministry take place from because the larger church wants him to. And he, So he goes out on three separate missions. Usually, the first one was with Barnabas, then he goes with Silas. Um, and, uh, and he sets up house churches along the Mediterranean in places like Corinth and in places like 
Thessalonica and in places like Ephesus and in places like Galatia. And so that's why when he writes to them, he writes to the Galatians and the Thessalonians and the Ephesians and the Corinthians. All these are letters. When he was in Corinth, he might have been writing to the church in Ephesus to say, hey, word is getting to me that you're you're doing this, that, and the other thing. And so he writes to them, and we have those letters back to us. Well, eventually, Paul um, is, uh, and again, this is amazing what Paul's doing here. And, and I know I'm going long today, you guys, but this is so important. It's so important. Peter is the, the, the roots of the church. He is the tradition of the church. Paul is the, is the branches. And he's going out and he's, he is inviting uh, the Gentiles to be part, co-heirs, co-heirs with the Jews. This is crazy talk. Never would have happened. Co-heirs with everyone else saying, you are equal to the Jews. You too can be saved. In fact, that was Paul's deal, is you don't have to be circumcised to be saved. In Jewish law, of course, if you were going to be a member of the Jewish people, you must be circumcised. Paul was saying, you don't need circumcision. In merely saying yes to Jesus Christ, you are grafted onto the vine that is Christ. And nothing you can do, nothing we can do as humans is going to save us. We are only saved through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. I mean, incredible what Paul's saying uh, there. And, and it's, it's absolutely foundational. By grace you have been saved and not that, you know, uh, which we, we do lest any of us boast. Um, and, and that is foundational to, to the church today. Uh, ultimately, Peter and Paul meet in, in Acts chapter 15 in Jerusalem because ultimately the head of the church, Peter, needs to say this guy's ministry is right on the money. And Peter does. Peter backs up what Paul's doing. Um, and supports him. And so Paul goes out. Paul was persecuted um, by many of the places that he went. They, they stoned him to death, left him for dead. He was in shipwrecks. Uh, he was beaten. He was mocked. Uh, he, 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 amazingly. And then ultimately, because he was a Roman citizen, uh, he was arrested finally and uh, brought to Rome uh, for his trial. And there begins the church in, in Rome along with Peter. Uh, and uh, and he's both Peter and uh, Paul are uh, killed probably under the reign of Nero uh, around 64, 65 A.D. So let's say 35-ish years after the, the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ. Let me say this and I'll stop. Brothers and sisters, Peter and Paul give us opposite sides of the same coin. We would not be the same church without both of them, and we need both of them. Peter is the roots, as I said. He's the tradition. He's the one that says, listen, we cannot forget who we are. Um, and, and we need that because it gives us a sense of depth and a sense of solid ground to go on. But, you know, if that's all we were, then we, we can easily fall into being a museum and worshiping who we were, but not the living God today. Paul is the one who, who goes out from that place, knowing we got solid ground to be on. He goes from that and says, but boy, there are these people here, here, and here, all these other people we need. We need to bring in and graft onto this, this grounding that we are. And so they, they both need each other. 
you know, I, I use this example. Uh, Renee and I, we, we say this always to ourselves. We are homebodies. We, we love just staying at home. Well, if all we do is stay at home, we kind of become myopic, right? We become an entity unto ourselves. There needs to be, just as often as we stay home, we need to be going out and being amongst the people because, you know what, it's, it's it, within that larger social group that we remember who we are there. And they teach us and we teach them and bring our gifts to them and all those things. But then there's always that place where we got to be home and ground ourselves and root ourselves. Peter and Paul represent that. They represent that in us. They represent that in our local churches. They represent that for the global church. We need grounding Thank God for Peter. We need visionaries and people who are courageous and say, but we need to go out to the fringes. Thank God for Paul. We need to do both. We need to do both, brothers and sisters. And today, we honor both. My gosh, that was a long time. Let's pray. We're going to do a quick prayer and get you out of here. But uh, let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second glorious mystery the uh, ascension of Christ. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Saints Peter and Paul, pray for us. My friends, thanks for staying with me during this long episode. Blessings to you today and always. 
and I look forward to us being back together tomorrow. God's peace.